From our earliest learning, we've been asking why questions. Why does the sun come up each day? Why do we have to brush our teeth? Why do we need to wear seat belts? Why do we even celebrate Christmas? Why should we set time aside each year to remember that Jesus Christ was born? God sent Jesus to us into humble beginnings. He brought with him a design for peace, hope, love and forever into our world. Why Christmas? God planned it so we could enter in and share gladness and joy this Christmas. Northreach, it's great to join together. The day after Christmas, hey, who's feeling full still? I reckon I ate way too much and I even skipped dinner last night because I was too full. Uh, just a question, did anybody actually have some leftovers for breakfast this morning? Are we that committed? Yes, yeah, we got a couple here. The rest of us were just too full uh, to, to bother. We are at the last day of our Why Christmas series today, and uh, we're actually going to answer this question this morning. What if it never happened? What if it never happened? Perhaps uh, for some of us, you know, our existence is kind of like Christmas. You know, it might seem like it just happens around us, but, but maybe it's, it's not for us. Uh, maybe God is not for us. Maybe, maybe you know, we've, we've got to the stage in our world where Christmas is just a secular celebration. We've actually missed the idea, missed the concept of Christmas itself. Perhaps you might feel like, you know, the events that took place some 2,000 years ago in relation to Jesus maybe more likened to, say, a dream or something like that. You know, we've, we've got a dream that, that one day we'll have uh, the massive mansion-type house. But it is exactly just that. We wake up from that, from that dream and, and the house doesn't exist. Or perhaps it's, it's the boat or the car or something like that. And, and we wake up and, and our reality is very different to our existence. Or perhaps, like me, it's nothing like that, and I get to wake up to the most beautiful wife ever, and it is real. Christmas is real. But the question is, what if it never happened? What if it, it is all just fake news? What if it's, it's missed and it's, it's not even real? I mean, I'm not going to enter into a conversation about the reality of God this morning, but I want to talk about the reality of Jesus Christ, the one who came down from heaven to suffer for us, that we might have an opportunity at life with God. And so if you do have your Bibles with you, I'd love for you to flip open to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read verses 13 through to 18, because in this particular story, there's an opportunity that exists such that it could have never happened in the way that we know it. So let's read together from Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. It says this, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of of Herod. 
And so it was fulfilled that the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I call my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her child and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. What if it never happened? I wonder what if, what if King Herod's plan actually came to be that Jesus was killed at two rather than the age of 33 when he had fulfilled what God had called him to do on this earth? What if Jesus never existed beyond this moment? What if Jesus isn't who he claims to be? See, the world out there is searching and seeking and trying to find answers to all of these types of questions. And we, those who know God, hold the answer to the questions that they have. You see, we have the gospel message of hope. But when I look to these, this question, what if it never happened? I actually ask some different questions that might help us to understand why it had to happen the way that it did. The first question is, what was Jesus' purpose? What was Jesus' purpose? Why did it have to be Jesus? Of all the people, even us in this room, why did it have to be Jesus? And then finally, what does this actually mean for me? Today, as I sit here, as I watch online, what does this mean for me today? And when we answer these questions, we come up with an answer. And I'm going to prompt us to think about this answer because this word, I think, sums it up. Justification. Justification. Because without Jesus living the fullness of his life in the way that he did, there would be no justification for us. No Jesus, no justification. And justification simply means being declared righteous before God. Because God has a standard, right? God has a standard for us as humans that we would be and try and be perfect. See, God can't exist in any level outside of perfection. And so without Jesus, there is no way for us being declared righteous before God because we cannot be in His presence. God cannot be in the presence of sinfulness. God cannot be in the presence of brokenness. God cannot be in that place. So what happens when we don't meet up to those standards? What happens when everything in our strength means that we cannot be righteous? We cannot be holy. We cannot experience the fullness of life the way that God has intended for us to live. What happens in that moment? Well, Jesus steps into the gap. Because his purpose in coming to this world was to recognize the reality of the situation, the human situation, the human problem, right? We can never meet the standard of perfection. We will always fall short of perfection. 
In Romans 3, 24, uh, 23 to 24, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are all justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. There is no dream in this situation. We don't just wake up all of the sudden and it's gone and we're all of the sudden righteous and everything's all good. It's not like the nightmare that exists because the Bible shares with us here that all of us are sinners, even the best of the best in this room. And there's some people here I think are pretty good people. We are all subject to sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is the problem. The problem is that this sinfulness, right? There's a cost to our sinfulness. And as Romans 6.23 shares, the wage of sin, that is the price that needs to be paid for sin, it's death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are all in this space where we are subject to death. We are all in this space where we cannot pay the fullness of the price required to be holy, to be justified, to be made right in God's eyes. And so what if it never happened? What if Christmas, what if Jesus never happened? Well, we would forever struggle as a society trying to meet an unachievable goal of holiness, of righteousness, that we might be justified in the presence of God. We would all experience the spiritual death that sin brings with it. There is no ransom for it. We would exist, sure, we would exist, just like there are so many people in our community, in our town, in our neighborhoods that don't know Jesus. We would exist, but we wouldn't know life in the same way as inside of a relationship with God. And we would probably do exactly what happened before Jesus. We would try and work for our salvation, right? And we see this really early on in the Bible, even Cain and Abel, right? They come to worship God and one's one's offering is good enough and the other one's isn't. We would try and work towards our righteousness. But God wants our heart. We see this increasingly in the gospel messages, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the time, they come together and they move away from this relationship with God model into a works model. But the reality is that it doesn't matter how much we work. Galatians 2, 16 says, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believe in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because the works of the law, no one will be justified. I mean, it's a harsh reality, but it is what it is. 
And the sooner we wake up from our dream state where we think everything is going to be okay and we realize the reality, that's the step that we can take forward into a relationship with Jesus, that we might know him deeply and that we might experience the blessing of life and life to the fullest. Because not even being good gets us into heaven. No amount of works will ever get us there. We start to get to this space where we trust rules and religion over the relationship and righteousness of God. No amount of attending church, no amount of Bible studies, no amount of attending prayer groups and those sorts of things, no amount of study that we do can ever get us into a state where we are justified by Jesus except through His death and His death alone. Only through relationship with God, with Jesus, are we justified. Are we made right with God? Can we find ourselves in a place of holiness before God? So what was Jesus' purpose? Well, out of love, Jesus' purpose was justification for us. You see, without Christ's full and perfect adherence to God's will and law, his death on the cross would only ever remove the guilt and the shame of our sin, right? It would never give us an opportunity to secure righteousness in our relationship with God. Because he didn't just die for us. Jesus lived for us. He wasn't just the messenger. He was the message of hope, of life, of love, that we might be justified so that we can live an eternal, spiritually healthy life with God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Justification is the only way that we can be holy enough to be in the presence of God because we have all sinned and fallen short. The second question, why did it have to be Jesus? Well, I think that there are three reasons for this. Because uh, the first one being that there was fulfillment at stake. There was prophecy in Isaiah about the fact that Jesus would come. The second reason we could never be righteous of our own accord, no matter works would ever get us there. And then the third one, and perhaps even the most significant one, is that Jesus inaugurates God's kingdom. That we might be a part of that. And that's a really exciting thing. It's a really exciting thing. So let's have a look. Was it part of God's plan? Let's have a look at Isaiah 53 verses 10 and 12. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin. And verse 12, for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Yes, It was God's plan for Jesus 
to do this. Jesus would justify sinners by making his life an offering to pay the wage of sin on our behalf that we might know God deeply. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, perfect, the only one that has met God's holy and righteous standards. There was no lying. There was no deceit. There was no immorality. There was just no sin in Jesus. He was the only one that could actually be sacrificed to achieve this for us. He was sinless in every part of his being. And so our sin-free God is the only way for us to be made righteous, holy, and redeemed. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom, wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. You see, we are justified in Christ. It is the only way. Romans 5 verse 10 says this, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? See, God didn't just have a plan to redeem us, but he had, a God, he had a plan that would see us through this life as well, that would save us from sinfulness, that would enable us towards righteousness. His authority was amazing. And we read of this in the Great Commission because Jesus was given all authority. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, God had everything. And at this moment in time, God gave all that authority to Jesus and the inauguration of God's kingdom takes place. There is no longer a slave or free. There is no longer male or female. There is no longer Jew or Gentile in the kingdom of God. God has inaugurated, He has initiated it, and it is available to you and me and to everybody that is freely justified only through Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is declared open, and Jesus is the King. So what if it never happened? There'd be no justification. There'd be no life. There would be no kingdom in the way that we know it now. But this is the thing, guys. What does it mean for me? It's good news. There's healing for the broken. There is freedom for prisoners. There is sight for the blind. The oppressed are set free. We read that here in Luke 4 verse 18. The spiritual battle has already been won that we might know Jesus and that we would be able to be in relationship with Him eternally. John 14 verse 6 says this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
He's the only way. He is the only way that we can find hope, that we can find truth, and that we can find life. And so again, I ask, what if it never happened? What if Herod's plan was successful? I don't think Jesus would have been able to reach the fullness of what God had commissioned him to do. We would miss out. God's love wouldn't be able to extend to us in the same way as it does today. And I know that God would have made a way because he always makes a way for us, even today, to be restored, to be justified in relationship with him. He always does that. But it wouldn't be the same. Jesus, hope, truth, life, the only way. And God's hand of favor was on him. And just as the angels appeared to Mary to announce that Jesus would arrive, just as the angels appeared to the shepherds out in the field, the angels appeared to Joseph and warned of this plan, this evil plan of King Herod to kill him so that it would never happen. King Herod was the only king in the land and he wanted it to stay that way. He would have known when the star was there, what that meant. He would have known when the Magi came through looking for a new king that something was up. He would have known all of these things. What if it never happened? What if he was successful? But Jesus survives out of obedience by God's people. The very people that Jesus died for. In fact, Jesus died for even King Herod. He survived to be able to live up, to meet his purpose, to do this so that you and I today can be here, to be present, to experience the hope and the love of Jesus, that we might be justified freely by Jesus and in relationship with God. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do today about the fact that Jesus did this for us? What are you going to celebrate today in the fact that Jesus survived that attack from King Herod, lived a fully human life as God, had all the authority, opened up the kingdom of heaven and made it available to us. What are we going to do today to celebrate this? Probably eat some more Christmas ham. But the reality is we are stepping into a brand new year just next week. 
I don't know if you guys are the, the type of people that make New Year's resolutions. I like to think I am, and then after a week, that's out the window. But maybe it's time that we get serious about the fact that we have access to the best gift ever. Maybe it's time we get serious about making a promise to God that we're actually going to do the things that God asks us to do. Perhaps it's a step of faith in obedience to God. Perhaps it's coming into a relationship with God for the first time. Perhaps it's sharing the hope that we have with somebody in our community, in our neighborhood. Because what we have, nobody else can. Nobody, no other God, no other religion, nothing else can claim to have the hope that we have. Our God is the one true God. He is life. He is love. And He loves you. My New Year's resolution for next year, so you can hold me to account, right? I'm going to share the love of Jesus with somebody new at least once a week. Maybe you'd like to partner with me in that. 250,000 people in Townsville and like 4% on latest census data down that they believe and have a relationship with Jesus. Could you imagine the transformation that it would be if we, starting today, stepped out and shared the hope, shared the love, shared Jesus' purpose with our town? It would be radical. We would use the word revival. We would be excited. It would be like the early Acts church. That there would be thousands added to the number daily. That's the type of church that I want us to be. That's the type of church that I pray that we would be. And so my challenge is for you, what are you going to do about it? Because it's not just me. It's each and every one of us. We are the church. We have a message of hope. Let's declare it everywhere that we can, that more and more people would know Jesus the way that we do. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you are a God of love. And out of that love, Lord, that you would send Jesus down. That it's not like a dream that, that we would wake up from this situation and realize that it never happened. But Lord, we thank you for the reality of Jesus. We thank you for the historical proof that Jesus existed. We thank you that Jesus would be willing to step into this world to bring hope, to bring love, to make a way for us to know you deeply. Father, I don't want to think about what would happen if it never happened. I want to rejoice in the reality that it did. So God, help us. Help us to be joyful in this world that is fallen and broken and void of you. Help us to share the hope that we have well. May we declare the message that Jesus is here well in this next season. Father, bless us as we bless you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.